Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Samuel chapter number 11. 2 Samuel chapter number 11. I'll begin somewhere around verse number 18. 2 Samuel 11, verse number 18. The Bible says, Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war charge the messenger saying when thou hast made an end of telling the matters of the war unto the king if so be that the king's wrath arise and he say unto thee wherefore approached ye so nigh unto the city when ye did fight be not that ye would shoot from the wall they would shoot from the wall who smote Abimelech the son of Jerubbesheth did not a woman cast a piece of a millstone upon him from the wall that he died in Thebes? Why went ye nigh the wall? When say thou, the servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and shewed David all that Joab had sent him for. And the messenger said unto David, Surely the men prevailed against us and came out unto us in the field, and we were upon them even unto the entering in, the entering rather of the gate. This is a common story that many here tonight are perhaps familiar with today. When David stayed home from battle, and he by letters written had Uriah carry his own death note into the war the word will come that something has happened in the battle and David is going to be at first a little upset a little questioning concerning them asking them why they were so close to the wall amen tonight uh, with the help of the Holy Ghost I want to just minister this, that we need to be mindful of our boundaries. We need to be mindful of our boundaries. Hallelujah. And I, and I will not hold you long this evening, I know for sure. Hallelujah. But let's be mindful of some boundaries here before we leave this place. Father, I come to you. I'm asking, oh Lord, today that you would help us. God, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You know, Lord, the uprising, the downsetting of men. Lord, I pray, oh God, today that you're able to help us, Lord, in our walk, our talk, our relationship. I pray, oh God, that you're able to speak, Lord Jesus, through your word. Lord, I am just, Lord, a humble vessel. God, I don't have anything, Lord, that I can contribute, Lord Jesus, per se, availability, Lord Jesus, here tonight. I pray, oh God, that you're able to speak, Lord Jesus, as you would so desire and as you would want, Lord, in this place. God, bring clarity, I pray, oh Lord, to every mind and every heart. 
God, and we'll give you all the honor and the praise for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen to the church. Say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Mindful. It'll be mindful of some, mindful of some boundaries. It is somewhat of an amazement in reality because the advice that David is giving for the purpose of taking the life of Uriah is something that David needs to be given consideration to himself. David has remained at home. The Bible tells us that when it was a time when kings go forth to battle or go forth to war, that David has stayed at the house. He has paused. He has hesitated in going. It's in that encounter upon his roof that he espies a woman, the Bible says, a very beautiful woman. And please always know if the Bible says she was beautiful, she is knockout gorgeous. If it, it, it doesn't mince words, if it says that she is something else to behold, then she is something else to behold. It, a very beautiful woman that he espies out and sees her and desires to have her. And her husband is off to war fighting the battles of Israel. Her husband is gone putting his life on the line along with the Ark of the Covenant while David is home. And he asks this woman to come to his, his palace. Uh, the horrid sin of Bathsheba that we know in Scripture takes place during this moment in time. David lays with her, and as a result of that, a child is conceived in her womb. And as those months would progress, he understands that he has a choice to make. He's going to have to try to cover up. Uh, the sin that he has committed in his life. He's going to call her husband from the battlefield. He's going to call him home. He's going to send him back to where his wife is. He's going to send messes of meat and drink that he would go back and find, if you will, good, good favor with his wife. And perhaps that little stint of being home whenever she begins to develop more and be with child, people will think it will be as a result of Uriah coming home from battle, going down and seeing his wife, and there will be no... There will be no negativity that will shine upon David or a possibility that he had anything to do with the conception that was in her womb. But Uriah being an honorable man that he was, having his mind on the things of the war and the things that pertain to Israel, telling David, I can't go down to my own house when the ark of Israel is out there on the battlefield. I can't go down to my own house when there's other men that are no less better than I am that would like to be with their wives. I could not possibly go home at this point in time. The Bible says that he stayed outside of the palace of the king. He slept there that night. He would not give himself to the comforts and the relaxation, if you will, of his home or his wife or family. David even tries to get him uh, liquored up somewhat, you know, to see if maybe without a conscience that he would meander back home and, and lay with his little wife and sleep with her so that there would be a good cover for the sin that David himself had done. But even a undisciplined Uriah even wouldn't go back under the influence of, of liquor, under the influence of alcohol to go to his home. And so David went to the extreme that David felt like he had to go to in order to cover this up, in order to make amends for all of this. He put some letters into the hands of Uriah that he would take back to the captain of David's host by the name of Joab. 
And within those letters, he would write upon them in so many words. Joab, I want you to set Uriah in the hottest part of the battle. I want you to take him to the front lines of the battle where there are a lot of fatalities, where there's a lot of injuries. I want you, if you will, to set him right at the, at the wall of the city of the adversary. I want you to set him right at the wall of the city of the adversary and whenever the battle gets real hot, let everybody pull back because there will be people with bows and arrows on the walls and they'll be shooting down at those that are before them and there'll be people in towers and there'll be all kinds of, of rocks and other things that will be coming over the edge and perhaps Uriah's life will be taken in that moment. And so that is the letters that Uriah had carried in his own hand to the captain of the host, Joab. And Joab follows the orders of David to the T and he makes sure that Uriah is in this proper place and, and sure enough as the story would unfold exactly what David thought would happen did happen and Uriah's life was lost and so now there's going to come a man back to the king he's going to tell him about the welfare of the war or the happenings of the war and so he's given some instruction from Joab he says now when you start to tell David about the war and you start to tell David about what has happened. And you start to tell him how close we were to the enemy's walls in our fighting. He says, whenever you begin to divulge all these things, if David's face, if I'm putting my own words, if David's face starts to get a little red, if he begins to get a little upset because we are so close and nigh to the city wall, he says, then you just let him know that even Uriah, his servant, has been lost in battle. There is something here to be spoken of tonight that I believe that David needed to pull into his own spirit. There is with great reason and purpose that David said, put Uriah in the forefront. Put Uriah next to the wall of the adversary. Put Uriah in that place that that's closer to the perimeter and the boundary, if you will, of the adversary. Because David is not a man that's ignorant of warfare. Man, David is not a man that's ignorant of battle. He had been in several. Blood has been upon his hands and his feet. He knows what it's like to battle. And David knew the strategy of war is this. If you want to keep your life, you stay away from the boundary of where the enemy is. And so the reason why David said, I want Uriah there is because he knew that was a vulnerable spot. He knew that was a spot where David could perhaps, amen, where Uriah could perhaps lose his life. And he knew the propensity, amen, of lives being lost at boundaries of the adversary. And that's the reason why he put Uriah where he was. But the advice for taking a life is the same advice that David needed to use for his own life. He did not and was not mindful of his own boundaries. His own boundaries in his life. I've come on this Sunday night to tell us we must be mindful of our boundaries. The Bible says that the servant could tell David. Say, David, was there not another instance that there was a man that was close to a wall? And as he was close to the wall, there was a woman up in a tower. And the Bible says that she took a millstone and she dropped it off the wall up on the man's head. And he lost his life. And the reason why he lost his life is because he was too close to the boundary amen from where the enemy was where the adversary was we cannot by any means jeopardize what we have what we say we have by flirting around with boundaries that we know are suspicious that we know
God, someone say amen. It's just an old time, just a little old preaching here tonight. Amen. To tell us that there are plainly just some places we don't need to go. And there is companies that we don't need to keep. And there are some things we don't need to ingest through our eyes and through our minds. There are just some boundaries that we must be mindful of. Because they do nothing more but spell, if you will, death and destruction. They do nothing more to be the snafu and the weapon. Amen. To overtake us and overcome us. We got to be mindful of our boundaries. I don't want to serve the Lord on the peripheral of the church. I don't want to serve the Lord on the outskirts. Amen. Of his godliness and his holiness. No, set me on fire, God, and put me right in the middle of it all. Don't let me fall. Do not let me stray far from the altar. Help me, God, to be in the middle of what you're blessing and what you are doing. Someone say amen. It is, from my understanding, even those things that group in herds or in flocks, it is those herds and those flocks if they are going to be mindful, if they have any type of intelligence about them at all, it is those that really want to try to stay alive that's going to stay in the core of the flock, the core of the flood, or, or of, 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 the, of the flock, amen, go on and watch your National Geographic channel, amen and come to terms very quickly those that are lurking are lurking on the peripheral, they are looking for one that is on the edge, they are looking for one that's on the air outer edge of that group because that's the one that they per se could pluck off, could get an upper hand on could if you will isolate away from, amen, and take the lifeblood of, amen, it's on that boundary, it's on that perimeter brother Terry, whenever I came to the Lord, I didn't come to the Lord to see how much I can get by with I didn't come to the Lord and say Lord I want to serve you, amen, to the hill but if there's some things that you can just go along along on the sideline that I don't have to worry about, then just count me and no 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 when I serve the Lord I said I want to love the Lord with all of my heart with all of my mind with all of my soul with all of my strength somebody say whenever I came to God I came all in all someone say hallelujah we got to be mindful of our boundaries Someone say amen. You don't want to, <laughs> you know, whenever Balak hired Balaam to curse God's people and uh, have him speak a word of cursing against the children of Israel, Balak took Balaam. On that first occurrence, there were three different mountains that he took him upon to get a view of God's people, to see them so that he could adequately make sacrifice, hear the word of the Lord speaking to his spirit, and speak hopefully what, what Balak was hoping for was a cursing upon God's people. Whenever we read of that first occurrence of Balaam being taken up into the mount, the Bible says that Balaam took him this is Numbers 22 and verse 44, 41 rather, that Balak took Balaam up into the mountain. And the Bible says into a high place of Baal so that they might see the utmost part of the people. 
the utmost part of the people. I want you to curse these people. I'm going to take you in a position and to a place where you can just see the outer perimeter of the people. And I want you to be able to curse the people based upon what you see upon the perimeter. Because if you'll see the people on the perimeter, Balaam, perhaps you'll be persuaded. Man, these people deserve a cussing, or a cursing. <laughs> Maybe a cussing too. <laughs> Maybe these people deserve a cursing because all they would see was the peripheral edge of the people. But the Bible says the Lord instructed him and he didn't curse the people. But let me tell you the, the, the activity, if you will, of the adversary. You cannot judge the church by those that are lingering around the perimeter. You cannot church, judge the church on those that are lingering around the perimeter. Hey Amen. No, no. You want to judge the church, you get right down in the middle of it all. You get right down where consecration is. You get right down where dedication is. You get right down where sacrificial giving is. You get right down in the middle of it all. Amen. Because God's people are a people that's not on the peripheral. They're not on the boundaries. They're not on the edge. They're not trying to see what they can get by with. They're not trying to skate into heaven. They have a no soul salvation. They know he is theirs and they are his. Someone say yes. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. Got to be mindful. Mindful of the boundaries. Right? Mindful of them. There in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, there is a huge rock. It's called Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain exceeds very high into the air. It's kind of a balding round uh, mountain. It has a rock there uh, along the edges on the outskirts there. There is loose, small little pieces of gravel. We've been there before on more than one occasion. They have these little pieces of gravel around there on the outskirts of that stone mountain. And it is. It slopes off quite, quite gradually. And then where those little rocks are, they also have a fence around the edge of that stone mountain. And of course, Course, it would seem no brain, right? Because where the fence is is where you're not supposed to go. Where the fence is is where you're not supposed to go. And so they even have signs posted. No person beyond this point. There's a reason why there's labels that say, do not put your hand in the blender when it's plugged in or in under operation. Do not use the curling iron while you're sitting in the bathtub. The reason being is because there's always going to be somebody that's going to flirt with the boundary. There's these signs that say, do not step over, do not cross over. And they have had many injuries, even fatalities and death, because someone thought, you know, that applied to everybody except them. That that was good for nobody has the skills that I have. I can navigate this terrain better than anybody. That's for some loser that just don't know how to do it. And they have stepped over the fence line and their feet have hit that risky little loose gravel. They have found themselves at the base of the mount, sometimes injured and sometimes dead because they weren't mindful of the boundaries. Listen, I don't have to step over the edge to know that it's, it's risky. I don't have to step over the edge to know that the risk goes up or that I could perchance, amen, be injured or hurt. I don't have to go there. I can find safety within the confines of the fence, get the same view that they got.
to be mindful. I've got to be mindful. I've got to be mindful of the boundaries. Amen. You're not better off than anybody else. We all need the same blood. It all took the same body. It took the same sacrifice to get each and every one of us out of our sins. You don't have a stronger, you don't have a stronger spirit than anybody else has. You don't have a stronger spirit inside of you than anybody else has. Amen. You might be more prone even to your flesh than some. Amen. What we got to realize, we got to be mindful. They put that there for a reason. They put that there for a purpose. It was not for the purpose of seeing how many can get by with it. Because I guarantee you someone's been on the opposite side of the fence, back over, went home and told their friends. I went where they said you couldn't go and I lived to tell the story. Well, you're one exception to a great big rule, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want to be standing up here as an exception to a rule saying, well this is what I got by with I didn't get caught that time I didn't get the disease that time it didn't happen to me that time I'm still in the church today no 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 let me go on and split heaven's doors wide open and say I stayed right in the middle of the safety of God's divine will and his purpose somebody needs to save themselves some heartache by being mindful of the boundaries amen I'm not supposed to preach like this on the Sunday night. Brother McGee, we're all doing good. We've worked real hard this week. What are you doing? I'm doing it because I've said through Second Peter, if we don't talk about these things every once in a while, we'll just somehow just get, you know, dormant to it all and close our ears to it all. I'm fine. You're fine. We're all fine. We're doing a good work. Oh, God. We're feeding people and we're taking care of the police department, fire department. We're helping all these other endeavors. Everything's good. The, good, the church is doing good for the community. But you can do good for the community, not do good for yourself because you're unmindful of boundaries. Hallelujah. He still told them whenever they left Egypt and they would go to Canaan. He still told them. He told them very plainly. And it was, it, was, it was upon the responsibility of the priest. He said, you priests, you can read it in the book of Leviticus. He says, it is your responsibility. You've got to teach these people what is clean and what is unclean. You've got to teach these people what is holy and unholy. It's the responsibility of the priest. He says, if they're going to know anything about cleanliness, it's going to come from you. If they're going to know anything about holiness, it's going to come from you. If they're going to know anything about those things that defile, it's going to come to you. He says, so it's incumbent upon you. You've got to tell them. You've got to teach them. He said, because they're about ready to go to a land of Canaan. It's going to be a place of paganism. It's going to be a place of false gods. He said, and when they go there, they can't be like those people. They can't be like those people. They got to be separate from those people. They got to be called out from those people. You know what he's wanting them to know? He said, they might be unholy, but they still got to be holy. They might be unclean, but they still got to be clean. They got to be mindful of some boundaries. They're going to live there. They're going to inhabit there. They're going to drive the people out there, but they still got to be called mine. They still have to have my name upon their life. They still. This is not about how to have friends and influence people. You can be friend, but you still got to be mindful of boundaries. I don't laugh at the same things they laugh at. 
I don't laugh at the same things they laugh at. The same thing that turns their crank doesn't turn mine. I'm different from them. I'm separate from them. Does that mean I can't reach them? No, I can still reach them. But I got to reach them while being mindful of where my feet are, what my boundaries are, where my light. Yes, 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 yes. Someone say amen. David says, if you put him there, if you put him there, I'll know he'll be taken. Why? Because he's at the edge of the enemy. If you put him there, I know Uriah will surely his life will be taken. Why? Because he's in a vulnerable spot when he's at the wall of the enemy. Folks, you are in no other vulnerable area than whenever you're playing around at the wall of your adversary. There's things in your life that are the walls of your adversary in your life. That is not the place to pitch your tent. That is not the place to put up your mailbox. That is not the place to sing come by all around the fire. That is the place that you need to have your eyes open, your ears open. And if anything, it's a touch and go re- reality. We cut The ramparts, the Bible, when you read of ramparts, they were leaning up to the enemy's wall for the purpose of overtaking them. But for some people that have things at the wall, just for the purpose of cohabitating with them. He says, we're going, to put, we're going to put Uriah right there because David understood being mindful of boundaries and he had already let one go in his own life. He had not heeded to his own intelligence, not heeded to his own information because there's shooters. He says, I know there's shooters from the wall with their arrows. I know there's millstones from the high tower that's going to be coming down upon heads. That's not going to be any wiser. Amen. They can, they can hit them at a long distance. Amen. From the edge of the wall. You know what he's saying? Amen. He said, you put Uriah right there because he doesn't have a chance. And so if Uriah is going to be put there and not have a chance, that tells me as a Christian and guardian in my life, I got to be mindful of that and stay as far away from that as possible. An arrow can travel a trajectory of several miles, even according to what type of strength it is, and hit its mark. I need to stay, amen, in a place of safety. The house of God is a place of safety. Amen. Your relationship with God, amen, Fan in the flames of that fire, that is a place of safety. The people of God, that is a place of safety. Oh, yeah, it's all right. Someone say, Amen. Gotta be mindful. Gotta be mindful. Someone stand here with me tonight. Gotta be mindful. Gotta be mindful of our boundaries. Someone say mindful of boundaries. Hmm. If we bow our heads here this evening. David gets upset. Just tell him the deed was done. If he gets upset because he knows that's a vulnerable spot that we entered in. Just let him know that the deed is done. It's certain. It's, it's, it's happened. It's taken place. Because we put Uriah in a place that he did not mind. That we did not mind boundaries. My question tonight is this. How many times will we clasp our hands
in a spiritual instance of those that have not been mindful of their whereabouts, their footing, their activities. If only, if you will, be taken by a vulnerable position because they were not aware or they didn't take inventory of where they were. There's thousands, sadly, unchurched today because someone failed to be mindful of a fence, of a line, of a landmark, of a caution. Some has taken days of recovery because of ignorance on their part, of not taking heed to voices, to direction. And I'm just asking us tonight with forthrightedness, with discipline, to be mindful of the boundaries about our lives. If you want to be the church, be the church. If you want to be the church, be the church. Nothing's stopping you from doing it. Nothing's just stopping you from being it. Be holy, unblameable. Be pure. Be steadfast. Don't be deluded. Don't be deluded. Don't be watered down. Don't be compromising. Don't be compromising. Don't be seeing how much you can get by with. Don't be jeopardizing eternity for the frivolous moment. Be mindful, mindful, mindful of boundaries. Can we raise our hands right now to the Lord? God, I'm asking God, help me, Lord, to be mindful. God, it was a vulnerable spot, a dangerous spot. That's the reason why David seen it. He knew it. I pray, oh, Lord, today, God, give us, Lord, God, like precious knowledge, Lord, to be mindful, Lord, aware, God, conscious, I pray, oh, Lord, today. God, I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, today. Oh, God, oh, Brother McGee, you can't preach this to 25 and 30-year-old saints. Yes, we can. And yes, we should. We'll cause ourselves to be lulled asleep. Lulled asleep. read the story Robert Fulgram he has several books out he's a philosopher minister he lives on a he lives on a houseboat outside of Seattle interesting mind and man and I've read several of his books and Robert Fulgram he talked about whenever he was a kid there was a moment in time he went to a store and and uh, he stole something from the store and and uh, he left and there was no there was no catching him there was no if you will slapping of the hand any type of law that was involved because he got by with it and he said it was in that moment I realized he said the risk and the fear of being able to get by with something seeding if you will the thrill of trying again because there was no consequence I realized in that moment, he said, what that, what that had initiated in my, in my life because I got by with it. So we get lulled to sleep sometimes, Brother Terry, because we were successful. We got by with it. And all that does is generate something, a longing, a hunger in our life. Let's see what else we can get by with. If I did it once, maybe I can do it again. We can be successful again. And before you know it, you know what we're doing? We're not mindful of boundaries anymore. We're stepping over fences with loose gravel on the opposite side because we did it before. There is a reckoning day coming. We've preached about it. I've been teaching.
teaching about it. There is a reckoning day coming. And there will not be one iota that's got by with. We will all be without excuse. I don't care how you've gotten by with and painted the town red, been successful in all of these outlandish endeavors in this life, all but stop on judgment. So we can paint the town red and we can celebrate the exuberance of getting by. But there is payday coming. We get caught in the 70-year program of living life upon this earth. Go on and live your life. Do it. You got a longer life to live on the opposite side. Do everything you want, Sister Mark. You know, do, do all that, do all those hideous things and feel good about it. Do everything that's that's in contrary to God and His 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 purpose and and His nature. Go on, that's great. You live your seventy years the way you want to live your seventy years because you're your own person. That's the way you should do it. But He's going to be knocking on the door someday. The trump of God shall sound, and there's not a single one of us that won't give account for what we have done. So you do it. Enjoy it real well. Because it will just be by vapor compared to eternity. We got to be mindful. This is not a scare tactic. This is a tactic of reality. This is a tactic of reality. We got to beware of our boundaries. Some, it'll, just, it'll determine really what side of the fence you're on, what your perspective is. Some will see it as restrictive. Some will see it, if you will, as protection. And how you see it determines really your attitude or reveals your attitude. If you see it as restrictive, then you got this thing. That's all this is, an incarceration, and it's keeping me, keeping me from, from. If you see it as it is, as protection, He's just keeping you in the middle of the flock so that on the outskirts you're not taken. I want to be safe within the arms of God. Does anybody want to be safe within the arms of God? I want to be mindful of my boundaries. These altars are open as we begin to sing and play here tonight. I want to be mindful of them. God, I want the church to be judged by what's on this center. I want to be the church to be judged by what's upon the center, oh God. Oh God, I surrender my heart, my mind, my soul. God, I pray, oh Lord, I'm not interested in this risk business. I'm not in. I'm, I'm along with Peter. I want to make this calling an election thing sure. God, I, I want to make this calling an election thing sure. Will I falter? Yes. Will I make some stupid decisions? Yes. Already have. We'll probably make some more. But God, it's a whole other endeavor to walk headlong, Lord, down a router avenue, God, that I see, Lord Jesus, the signs about me. God, that's screaming to me, turn in the other direction. I've got to be mindful. I've got to be mindful. As soon as sure going to be all past. Soon this is sure going to all be past. I pray, oh Lord, today. The days of Noah were drinking, be married, given in marriage. The Bible says in the days of the Son of Man, it will be just the same. Just all the lackadaisical having fun, doing their own thing, yada, yada, yada. But the Son of Man is going to come as a thief in the night. It's going to bring the party to an end. 
My God, my God, my God, I got to be mindful of the boundaries. Oh, they are empowering. If I will let them, they are empowering. They will sustain life and light beyond the grave. They will, if you will, amen, ensure, Lord, my feet hitting streets of gold, walking through gates of pearl someday. I got to be mindful. I got to be mindful. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.